welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everybody. Can we have a honk for Jesus? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Jesus up in here. Isn't it good to be together again? I mean, we're sort of together, but we're together as together can get right now, and it's good. We're having a good time. Um, Chad, worship was so wonderful. Wasn't worship good, guys? I just loved how he did that with his little drum machine and, like, put his songs together. And I even loved his own variation of Dancing on the Grays. That was solid, man. That was good. Um, you guys who are standing here, if you want, go grab a chair from upstairs so you can sit down for a bit. Maybe jump under there. Look at Pat and Margaret are so lonely under there. If you want some shade, go grab a chair and sit down. And let's, let's talk about Jesus for a while. Amen? It's weird looking at you all but not hearing anything back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to back up just a bit so that my Bible doesn't get all wet. Um, before we start this morning, I want to pray. Let's all pray together and just prepare ourselves to receive all that the Lord has for us. Uh, Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that we can gather in your name. And wherever we gather, whether it's in a building, uh, at home, in a park or in a parking lot, Jesus, that wherever we gather in your name, that your spirit is presence. It is bringing its life and its healing. It's bringing the authority of your name to every situation, to every circumstance we are dealing with. Father, And I just thank you right now that you are opening our hearts and our ears to receive your truth and your life this morning. Father, we thank you that you are breaking off chains, that you are breaking off shackles, that you are breaking down walls, and that you are doing the work, Jesus, that only you can do in us and through us. Father, we say above everything else, may your kingdom come, and may your will be done. In Jesus' name, we all honked. Amen. Yeah. Hey, let's, um, can you drop that curtain down there? Let's try that. And... Let's mute all these channels here to make sure I'm not picking anything. Okay, good. Guys, we're just figuring this out as we go. So we're going to have a good time this morning figuring things out. Who's got a Bible this morning? I hope you all have some kind of Bible. Yeah, there we go. Open your Bibles with me. We're going to go to the book of Daniel. And we are continuing our series, Remember When? And um, if you have not been watching church online which I know many people have not been doing because it's been a long time of watching church online. Our series called Remember When is a series about looking back at when God has worked and moved in the past so that we can move ahead in the future. You know, you can look and see when God moved in the Bible. You can look and see when God moved in somebody's life and you can say, if God did it for that person, if God did it then, I know that he can do it again. And if God did it, see, that person is agreeing with us because we're, we're on the move. The Spirit is moving this morning. If God did it for Pastor Adrian, for Pastor Blake, if God did it for Kim Carson, if God did it for Priscilla, if God did it for Chad, if God did it for Josh Frisky, if God did it for Josiah, if God did it for Kelly, I know that he doesn't love those people any more than me. And so if he did it for them, he can do it for me. Amen? Yeah. 
So this series, Remember When, is about remembering when God has worked and moved in the past so that we can grow our faith and move into the future. So today we're going to look in the book of Daniel, chapter 6. I've got the New Living Translation that I'm reading out of today. And today's message is called, Remember When God Rescued Daniel. Now, the longer title would be, remember when God rescued Daniel, but it didn't look anything like Daniel thought it was going to look like, and Daniel had to go through a big, nasty, scary mess, and then at the end of the day, then the rescue came, and then it all made sense. But that title was way too long, so we're just calling it, remember when God rescued Daniel. So Daniel chapter 6, where we're starting, and we're going to actually work our way through this entire chapter. I'm not going to take too terribly long with it, but we're going to look at this story together. And you know, I always say the word story, but I want to remind you that these are accounts. A story can be fiction. A story could be made up. A story could be fake. But these are accounts of people's lives, of things they went through. So when I say story, I mean account. This is Daniel's account of what his life looked like. So Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 1. And I want you to know as well that in this chapter, what Daniel's about to experience and what Daniel is about to go through, scholars believe that Daniel was almost 90 years old. 90! 90! And he's facing one of the biggest challenges of his life. Who wants to go through a lion's den when they're 50, 40, 30 90. Nobody does. And here he is going through it at 90 years old. old. Uh, Chapter 1, chapter 6, I'm sorry, verse 1 starts off and it says, Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. So Daniel was chosen as like the guy over all the guys. Daniel was one of three people who was overseeing everything. And I want to remind you, this is Daniel's nearing 90 years old. This is the third king that Daniel has served under as a high position. He served over, beginning in chapter 1, he was working with Nebuchadnezzar. Then he was working with Belshazzar. And now he, here he is with Darius. And he's 90 years old. And verse 3 says this, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers because of Daniel's great ability. The king made plans to place him over the entire empire. I just want to talk about that word great ability for a minute. Because of Daniel's great ability, Darius put him in charge of all these areas. Where did that great ability come from? That's a great question that I'm so glad you asked. And if you just hold your place for a second, and if you go back and remember in chapter 1 of the book of Daniel, when Daniel was captured and taken captive, and he was taken to this this foreign land where he had to serve, in verse 8, Daniel says, I don't want to defile myself by eating all these foods that are unclean and unpure to my God. And so I'm going to keep myself clean. And so he makes a stand and says, I want to have water and fruits and vegetables, choosing to stay clean for his God. And then in verse 17, it says this, God gave these four men. Now these four men are Daniel and then uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he says, 
God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. This great ability that Daniel had that sustained him through his entire life that we see here came from keeping himself pure and holy for God, setting himself apart for his king and Lord and Savior. And I want to remind you today that you've got a great ability that God is wanting to place in your life. And what it requires from you is keeping yourself clean and pure, pulling yourself away from distractions, pulling yourself away from things that will divide you and saying, I'm going to keep myself clean for my Savior, for my Lord. Can I get an amen? So let's go back to chapter 6. This great ability that Daniel had that went through his whole life while he was in captivity. The ability to interpret dreams and visions. The ability to have great understanding, to understand all literature. The thing that made him valuable to all these kings and they all wanted him to serve was that he had that great ability given to him by the Lord because he put the Lord first in every area of his life. If you're taking notes today, if you're scribbling things on your phone, I want to remind you this morning to keep God first in every area of your life. Last week we were talking about Joshua and the battle of Jericho and I told you to get on God's side. I want to tell you again this morning, get on God's side and stay on God's side. Put God first in every area of your life. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing in your life, get on God's side and keep God first in your life. Above every other thing, above every other relationship. Listen, listen, above your spouse is God. Above your job is God. Above your kids is God. God is your number one priority. Keep God first in everything you do. Amen. All right, going on here. Verse 4 says, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling the government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, Our only chance to find grounds of accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. They said this. This is what they said. We want you to give orders for the next 30 days that any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so that it can't be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So, King Darius signed the law. Listen, if you want to talk about persecution, this is persecution. Persecution is when you find one person or one group and single them out and say, everybody else can do this except for you. You can't do this. You are not allowed to do this. And so they were trying to find a way to take out Daniel. And the only thing they could find, Daniel was excellent in everything that he put his hand to. He was faithful. He was responsible. He did his job when he was supposed to do his job. He didn't show up late. Daniel was the guy that everybody wants working for him. And so it says here, the only thing that we're going to trick Daniel and get Daniel trapped for is if we make some law saying that he can't serve his God because they knew the devotion that Daniel had to his God. You've got to have, listen, 
Over these last six weeks or so that we've been talking in this Remember When series, you can't get away in almost every story that we've looked at is the importance of your relationship with God. You cannot get away from that. And if you don't hear me say anything else to you today, and if you say, good Lord, this guy is just talking about this one thing over and over and over again. It's this. You've got to have your relationship with God in order. He's got to be everything to you. He's got to be your all. You've got to be in love with Jesus. So many believers come to church because it's the churchy Christian thing to do and we go to church on Sunday and we grow up in the Bible Belt and everybody goes to church and everybody knows about church. But I want to tell you today, God doesn't care if you come to church on Sunday like everybody else does. What God cares about is you being in love with him. What God cares about is having a relationship with you so that when you're standing there singing those songs saying you are worthy of it all, what you're really saying is you are worthy of it all and there's nothing greater than you. There's nothing nothing better than you and I just want to stand here and be in your presence and worship you and when I got stuff going on in my life I don't know what else to do but to run into your presence and ask for help and that's exactly what Daniel does so these guys just made this law and they said listen we want Daniel out of the picture we're jealous of Daniel we don't like how he's so good at his job he makes us all look bad that's basically what this was all about jealousy and so they said we're going to make this law so that Daniel can't go and pray and so what does Daniel do this law is signed it's specifically targeted at him this is persecution against Daniel so what does Daniel do he goes home in verse 10 and it says this but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows wide open towards Jerusalem and he prayed three times a day just like he always had done giving thanks to his God then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help they found him praying and asking for God's help. I want to ask you this question. When you find yourself in the middle of life storms, are you in God's presence asking for his help? Are you begging for his help? Do you just go and kind of whine and snivel? Or do you go like Daniel, intently looking for God? I need your help in this situation. I don't know what it's going to look like. I imagine Daniel was praying, I don't want to be eaten by a lion, but I'm not going to give up my relationship with you. So... I need your help. What am I supposed to do here? How do you want me to move through this? God, I need your help. In your life, are you asking God to help in your time of need? And let me take it one step further. When you're praying, maybe you say, yeah, I do. I am asking God for help in my time of need. Let me ask you this question then. When you're asking God for help in your time of need, what is your idea of rescue? Is your idea of God's help what you think it is? Or are you praying for God to move in whatever way he believes and see is best in your life? See, we're going to move through this story, but you know the rest of the story just like I do. Daniel still goes to the lion's den. Daniel still goes and faces those lions all night long. When you are going and seeking God, 
What's your idea of rescue? Do you have a plan laid out that you want God to work and move in line with? Or are you going and seeking God, saying, God, I need you to move in my life. I need you to work in my life. I need your help. Listen, I don't know what that looks like. I, I'm nowhere near as wise or insightful as you, Father, but I know that you have plans and I know that you have purposes, so I want you to work in my life. Listen, the Lord taught us to pray what? Your kingdom come and your will be done. He didn't teach us to pray, Jacob, your will come, your will be done. Josh, you go and pray and say, God, this is my plans and this is my purposes and I want you to come and get in line with the things that I have designed for my life. When you are seeking God in times of need in your life, in times of crisis in your life, when you are facing over, overwhelming odds, you need to run to God's presence and say, God, I don't have a way out of this. I don't have any plans. I don't have any purposes. I don't have any thoughts about what this could look like. But I know, I know that I know that I know that you do. And God, I need your help. And here's what you need to pray. God, open my eyes to see what you see. God, open my ears so that I hear you leading me. God, open me up so that I know what direction I'm supposed to walk. Not, God, get on page with my plan. That's what a lot of us pray. A lot of us go and seek the Lord. And we have our plans already worked out about what we think God should do. And then we get our feelings hurt and we get offended because God did not work in our life the way that we thought he should. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many times in your life have you said, God, I, I'm going to pray, but I know this is what you should do. And then God doesn't do what you think you should do, and then you walk away offended, mad, and hurt. I don't know how many times I've spoken to believers or people who used to be believers, and they moved away. They left the kingdom. They left, they left their faith because they were offended with God not working the way they thought they should work. So it says here, verse 12, they've just found him asking God for help. It says they went straight to the king. Josh, I think there's an umbrella right in the door if you guys want it. Yeah. I mean, it's raining. Get it. It says in verse 12, they went straight to the king and reminded him about this law. Said, did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the lions? And he said, yeah. The king replied, the decision stands. It's official law of the Medes and Purges that can't be revoked. This law, you can't change it. For 30 days, everybody's got to pray to me. Then they said in verse 13, the man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law, and he still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of his day looking for a way to get Daniel out of his predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king has signed can be changed. So at last, in verse 16, the king gave the orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. May your God, who you serve so faithfully, rescue you. I want to paint a picture for you for just a second. They believed that this den of lions 
was a den of about seven or ten different lions. And they fed these lions a lot of food every day. And then when they were about to throw somebody into the lion's den, what they would do was not feed the lion that day. So that when they threw that person in, those lions were angry and hungry and ready to eat something. Because they fed them so much food, and then they would just throw in one person or two person, which wasn't nearly what they ate every day. So they would be angry. They'd fight over each other. This is where Daniel, at 90 years of age, is about to be thrown into. He's about to be tossed into this pit of lions that are fat and angry and hungry. And right here, in verse 11, he's just spent time praying, saying, God, I need a way out of this. I'm not going to quit praying to you. I'm not going to quit putting you first in my life, but I need your help. But God, your kingdom come and your will be done. And lo and behold, guess what happens? He finds himself still on the way to the lion's den, doesn't he? I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what you're going through. But there's going to be times in your life when you are praying and asking God to move and to work in your life, and you're going to have an idea of what you think that is supposed to look like, but you will find yourself in the middle of a storm. And when you find yourself in the middle of that storm, you've got to continue to trust God. You've got to continue to keep your eyes on your heavenly father, just like Peter when he jumped out of that boat and he had to keep his eyes on Jesus. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Things aren't always going to look the way that you hope and want them to. But I'll tell you what, God has a bigger plan at work than often you realize or understand or imagine. See, Daniel's plan, Daniel's prayer, Daniel's thinking about himself. I don't want to go. I don't want to be eaten. You got to rescue me. You got to save me. But I want to tell you, when we get to the end of the chapter, in just a few verses here, there's a bigger plan at work that God is thinking globally, that God is thinking bigger. And I want to ask you this. Have you ever thought about maybe the things that you're walking through in your life, the things that you're dealing with in your life, that you're praying for God's rescue in, that maybe God is wanting to work something in you and also through you so that it doesn't just touch you, but it touches those people around you so that they see God working, so they see God manifest in your life, so they see God saving you, so they don't just see, they don't see, see nothing, they see God at work. Let's keep moving here. He says in verse 16, May the God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. Stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that nobody could rescue Daniel. The king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early in the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. And when he got there, he called out in anguish. I love what the king says. Not knowing if Daniel is alive or dead, he calls out and begins yelling out to Daniel. Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Don't you love what King Darius knows about Daniel's relationship? This is just a side note. But if you look at both Verse 16, and again here in verse 20, don't you notice the thing that King Darius notices about Daniel's relationship is that Daniel serves his God so faithfully? Both times, 
He says, may the God you serve so faithfully save you. And then he comes back in verse 20. He says, Daniel, was the God that you serve so faithfully able to rescue? Able to rescue. Listen, people are watching you. People are watching your relationship with Jesus. People are watching your actions. People are listening to your words. They want to know if you faithfully serve Jesus or you just talk about it. People want to know if your relationship with Jesus is real or you just go to church. People want to know if you read your Bible at home every day of the week or you just crack it open on Sundays if you have to. People want to know if you serve God faithfully. I feel like I'm preaching better than you're honking. <laughs> Goes on here. He says, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, I love this. Daniel's just in the lions then. Just hanging out in the lions then, spending all night with these seven, eight, nine, ten hungry lions. And Daniel shouts back, and he says, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so they would not hurt me. For I had been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. And the king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den, and not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. And he had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and their kids. And their lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. You want to know why that part is in that scripture? You want to know why it's important that it tells us that those lions jumped up and ate those people before they hit the ground? Because it's telling us that those lions were hungry, but it was a miraculous work of God in Daniel's life that he closed the mouth of the lions. That's why it's in there. See, those people fell down there, and as they were falling, the lions jumped up and gobbled them all up before they hit the ground. And they should have done that to Daniel, but God intervened and moved and worked on Daniel's behalf. And I want to tell somebody today that God is wanting to work and move on your behalf. Maybe you got lions staring at you on your face. Maybe you got things that you're dealing with that look hungry and want to eat you up, and they look like they're about to devour you, but God is holding their mouth shut so they can't eat you. God is at work even in the darkest days of your life God is working he's got that mouth closed and he's saying no devil no not today you can't eat this person they are mine they serve me faithfully I've got plans and purposes for their life and I'm at work and God is saying I'm standing right here in front of this and I got my hand gripped around the mouth of this line keeping it closed so you just go ahead and hang out Daniel have a nice little night you have a nice little sleep relax have some good time in my presence and guess what Tomorrow morning, we're going to get on up and get on out of here because I'm taking care of you. Amen. That's some good honking. That's some good honking. <laughs> he goes on. Those people hit the ground. They were ate up. They got ate up. And then verse 25. And I want to read these last three verses to you because I think they're so profoundly important. And they illustrate to us that there are times in our life when you're going to go through storms, when you're going to go through challenges, when you're going to find yourself going through things where you said, listen, I prayed to God 
not to have to face this. I, I prayed to God. I said, God, I can't go through this. I can't deal with this. This looks really bad and looks really scary. And I, just, I can't go through this. God, I need you to rescue me. And even though I prayed that, and even though I said that to God, I still found myself in the middle of this den. I, I still found myself going through this addiction. I still found myself dealing with this sickness. I still found myself dealing with those thoughts. I still found myself dealing with those emotions, even though I went to the Lord and prayed and said, God, I need to be set free of this. I still found myself in those places. And you need to know that sometimes you're going through those things and God's at work in the background and you can't see what he's doing. And maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe you don't understand why he's doing it or the way he's doing it. But God does not work according to your plans and your purposes because God is always at work on a larger scale. And we see that in the next few verses here. See, it wasn't just about Daniel. It wasn't just about Daniel. It goes on here, and it says in verse 25, the King Darius sent a message to his people of every race, of every nation, and of every language throughout the world. And this is the message that he sent to everybody. We're going to skip down. To verse 26, and he says, I decree, this is the king. He's saying, I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heaven and on earth. And he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Yep, yep. That's a honk-worthy spot. That's a honk-worthy spot. Because listen, this, this verse this section, see, Daniel went through that dark night of his life where he had to sit in the lion's den. Man, that would have been terrifying. Could you imagine sitting in a den of lions? Just sitting there, them walking around. Daniel sat there, but this wasn't just about him. God was at work on a larger scale, and what happened was God rescued Daniel, and then because of that, the king sends a message out to everybody, everywhere, of every language, of every race, of every nation, and he says, we're all going to tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. And here's why. Because we've seen God move in Daniel's life. We saw what God did for Daniel. We saw how he rescued Daniel from the lion's den. And therefore, because of what we've seen God do, we are going to tremble with fear. We're going to serve this God above all other gods. There's no other name that is higher than the name of Jesus. There's no other God that is greater than the God, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. There's nobody. There's nobody. There's nobody better. And so we are going to tremble with fear right here at this God. Guys, I don't know about you, but it gives me great comfort, great hope, great joy that when I see this story, when I see this account from somebody else's life, when I can say to myself, I remember when God rescued Daniel from the lion's den. But it didn't probably look the way that Daniel wanted it to look. 
but it did look the way that God wanted it to look. And what God was thinking about was not just Daniel, but these people over here and all these people in the car over here and these people over here, these people across the street in the, in the park, these people in those apartment buildings over there, these people in the apartments over there, because God is always thinking much bigger and grander and broader than just one person. God is saying, I want all the peoples. I want all the peoples. I want everybody everywhere to know how good and how great I am. So I'm going to work in your life, Ella. I'm going to work in your life so that your family can see what I'm doing in you. It's not just about you. It's about what I'm doing in you. And people can say, oh, my gosh. What is, have you seen what's taking place in Ella? Have you seen the changes? Oh my gosh, you know this person that was dealing with cancer and they said that God healed them? Oh my gosh, God healed a person from cancer. Oh my gosh, did you know this person was bankrupt and then God showed up and I don't know what happened. I don't know where the money came from, but God showed up and brought this person everything they needed and now they're not bankrupt and they're talking about Jesus and telling everybody everywhere they go about who he is and what God has done for them. We serve, we serve such a great God. We serve a God that can both rescue you and make plans for everybody at the same time. We just think kind of one-dimensionally most time. We think about ourselves or our family or a few select people, but God is at work. God is working behind the scenes in your life. And I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know the fights and the battles that you're facing. But I do know that those that seek God, the way that we learn about Daniel seeking God, the way that when people talked about Daniel, that he's, he faithfully served as God, when you make Jesus your everything, when you make him your life, and you press into him, and you run to him like Daniel did, saying, God, I need, I need your help. I don't know what that help looks like. I don't know. I don't have any plans. I don't have any designs. I, I can't even think my way out of this way, God. But I know that you can. So I'm coming to you. And God, I'm putting my trust and my hope squarely in you, I need your help. God always says, here I am. Let's go to work. I've got a plan. I'm working something. It may not look like what you think. You may have to go through some long nights and some lion dens. But I'll tell you what, even when you walk through those lion dens, even when you walk through those scary nights, even when you're walking down that road and it seems like you're all by yourself, I am there with you and I'm keeping the boogeyman at bay and I've got the mouth of the lions closed and shut and I'm right there beside you. You might not see me. You might not be able to hold my hand, but I want you to know that I am walking every step of the way and I'm at work on your behalf. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't you worry about it. It might look a little different. But I've got a plan, and I'm at work. And I'll tell you what, that's a word of the Lord for somebody. You need to grab on. You need to hold tight to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I tell you, 
this last year, if nothing else has it's taught us, it's taught us that you've got to have a sure-footed, rooted relationship in Jesus Christ. You're not going to make it through this if you don't. You can't afford to be a Sunday Christian. You can't afford to be wishy-washy in your faith. You can't even afford just to run to Jesus when your life's a mess. You need to begin to run to Jesus all the time. You need to get on the Lord's side in every area of your life. Things are not looking super awesome. We've got all kinds of obstacles in our path. And the way through and the way forward is always found in Jesus Christ. It's always found in Jesus Christ. So I encourage you, I challenge you. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you know. You say to yourself, I have slacked off. My Lord, I've slacked off in my relationship with Jesus. You know what? There's no time like the present. Get back on the Jesus train. Crack that Bible back open. Jump into your relationship. Jesus is always right there waiting for you. Keep pressing in. Keep moving ahead. Keep moving into your future. Because God is wanting to work in your life. Amen? <laughs> I, love, I love this outdoor stuff. <laughs> Let's pray together this morning. Can we do that? Let's just take a minute and pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you first and foremost for this day because it's the day that you have made and we will rejoice and we are so glad. We're so glad that we can gather, that we can sit beside ourselves in our car, that we can sit in chairs in the rain under umbrellas. But God, we are thankful today that we are gathering in your name and your presence and we are lifting you up higher than any other thing that can be named. God, I thank you that your word finds a home in our heart today. That as we leave this place, that the words that you spoke to us are firmly planted deeply down inside of us. So that as we go home, as we go on with our life, Father, that we don't forget what you are trying to say to us. Draw us deeper into relationship with you, Father. Show us how you are at work in our life. God, I ask that you begin to open some of our eyes and some of our ears so that we hear you speaking, so that we see you leading us and we know where you're taking us. And God, I thank you that you've enabled us and given us the strength to follow you where you are leading us, even though it might look a little scary sometimes, like it says in that verse where God, or it says that Daniel trusted in his God. Even though we went to the lion's den, God, we continue to trust in you because we know that you always have our best interests at work, that you are always at work behind the scenes, that you are moving and working in our lives even though we can't see it. God, we firmly place our trust and our hope in you. Father, we also pray that may your kingdom come and may your will be done in every area of our lives. We ask all these things in your son's precious name. We all said, 
Amen. Honkity honk honk, honkity honk. <laughs> what a beautiful symphony of honks that is. Okay, well, I guess that's church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.